1: We're getting you ready for the game on the build up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, what's happening everybody? The Sharks are back at it today. They are in Toronto second straight game against the Leafs and yes, we are all hoping for a better performance against Toronto than they had the other day. And I think we also want to see the Sharks break this 11 game losing streak. Just some news out of this morning's morning skate that I've seen come down from Shang Peng. He says that the lines look like Eklund, Hurdle, Hoffman, Duclair, Grandlin, Zetterlin, Barabanov, Cunnan, Bailey, Zadina, Carpenter, LeBanc. And that the power play units look like Addison, Hoffman, Hurdle, Zetterlin, Grandlin, Ferraro, Eklund, Barabanov, Duclair, and Bailey. Do not yet know who the starting goalie is, and it looks like there is some potential jumbling going on with the D pairings. The Sharks currently sit at the bottom of the Pacific Division. Nine wins, 28 losses, three overtime losses. Again, 21 points on the year. 6-12-2 at home. 3-16-1 on the road. And again, they are riding an 11-game losing streak, which has seen them play much better hockey than how they were playing in their 11-game losing streak or 11-game winless streak to start the season as they were 0-10-1 in that stretch. But... They have not been able to get the wins at this point of the season. And that is, um, obviously, that's made life very, very difficult. No one wants to see these Sharks losing like this, at least if you're a Sharks fan. But right now, uh, it's what they're going through to try and put themselves back into the winner's circle in the future. At the halfway point now, we are also discussing the idea of the trade deadline more and more is a lot of these unrestricted free agents that did come in probably are going to be on the table. And then also a guy like Kakinen, who's been here for a few years, we've heard of late, that his name has been uh, percolating amongst the trade rumors. So we'll continue to pay attention to that and keep all the breaking coverage coming your way. Right now, though, we are going to talk to Joe Bowen, the voice of the Leafs, and Joe, First off, uh, good morning. Uh, it, it makes life a little easier when you get these back-to-back games. Uh, helps on the prep time, I'm guessing, for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can just turn the page and it's right there again. I get, we're getting about uh, four or five inches of global warming falling here uh, today in Toronto. So it's just as well. It's an indoor day and we'll, uh, we'll get our game prep done without any problem.
1: Nice. Sounds good. Let me get your thoughts on the game the other night. The Sharks, um, you know... Listen, we all know where the Sharks are right now, but they actually, I felt for a good part of that game, the defense, Mackenzie Blackwood, did a good enough job to keep the potent attack of Toronto off the board. But eventually, I mean, all that top-end talent in Toronto did break through.
0: Well, you know what? They, they played exceptionally well on the road trip through California, and, and there was a lot of question marks attached to this team prior to going out west, specifically defensively and when they uh, went about their business out there allowing just two goals in three games it really uh, had the team turn a a major league page I would think in how they're going about their business so uh, from a team that was giving up a lot of goals against and a lot of that unfortunately was laid at the feet of Ilya Samsonov uh, the play of Martin Jones has been uh, just what the the doctor ordered for this team. So um, it's it's a team that has a great deal of offensive flair and a lot of uh, talented offensive players, uh, but they have to play better defensively. And last year they were among the best in the league. They were about fifth, I think, in goals against. And this year it has been not so much. So uh, I think this was a a big trip for them. They'll see if we can carry it on here uh, through the course of another uh, bit of a homestand here. But um, they played very, very well defensively. There was no question. And that was the key to all three victories out in California.
1: What is the 30,000-foot view on the Maple Leafs up to this point of the season beyond knowing that I mean, obviously, there was just some big news for some contract stuff, which we'll get into in a second here. But, you know, this team is it's under the microscope every year, especially with the current collection talent of they have. But, you know, that's that's our view from California. You you live it, you breathe it, you eat it.
0: Well, I mean, that's uh, one of the things I think and and you're going to I imagine talk about William Nylander and his contract extension. Yes. (laughs) It takes a special person, I think, to be able to play in this market because of the attention and because of the scrutiny. I mean, um, the media is criticizing fourth line players um, and, and going about how much ice time uh, they had or was it warranted and everything else. So a lot of attention is focused on this team uh, from all angles And it takes a special person, I think, to say, you know what, I can handle that, and I'd like to play in that. And when you see people like Austin Matthews and uh, Mitch Marner and John Tavares wanting to come here from the island, and now William Nylander wanting to stay, I think it says a great deal about their character. And I think that's probably one of the things that I think that um, has turned the corner for this franchise is that... Uh, they're attracting, and and people who are here are wanting to stay. Now, I wouldn't mind staying for $11 million a year either. <laughs> i got to admit that. But having said that, I don't think that there would have been any question that William Nylander would have certainly gotten that uh, elsewhere. So um, I, I think that's an important aspect, and they're trying to build a winner, yes, and it is a, a salary cap era that makes things a lot more difficult when you are handing out big contracts to the core four, as they call them here. Um, But having said that, I think that it is something that uh, uh, leaf fans have to be excited about. And um, you know, it's a, it it is a different market. There's no two ways about it. Uh, There's a lot of other markets, maybe throughout Canada where uh, that, that get the same kind of treatment, but I don't think in the volume that goes on here.
1: No, it's, it's fun. I, uh, a friend of mine who works for Global News and such, and he tells me about his, ex- his experiences and covering the team and being around it, and you know things like that. It just it is truly different. I know that you know in the United States people talk about the way people go nuts for the NFL, but just having been tra- you know my own travels through Canada at the start of the NHL season, uh, you know, seeing it in Toronto and Montreal. It's I mean it's it's different. I'll, I'll put it that way. But uh, let's segue to Nylander. fifty four points when the uh, contract was signed, tied for fifth. Uh, in the NHL, uh, he's 27 years old, you know, I, $11.5 million. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's okay for us radio guys, but I I could make an argument that he's worth more money. And I, I know that there's fear about the eight year contract in the current day and age, but you know, that's, that deal is only going to look better unless, you know, unless there's some career altering injury, which, you know, I, I knock on wood for every athlete. I don't like seeing anyone get injured.
0: Well, the other, you know, the, the thing that they're banking on, A, is that the cap's going to uh, increase, right? Um, and and by the time that this is uh, midway through his deal, he's going to maybe look to be a pretty good bargain. Um, now, he has to maintain the same kind of uh, offensive production that he has demonstrated this year, and, and i got to admit that I, I wasn't a big Nylander fan a couple of years ago. Um, I didn't think that he competed hard enough. I didn't think that he uh, was physical enough, uh, but that's all changed. It really has. The maturity of this young man uh, has uh, really been on display. Um, he is a lot more aggressive. I mean, he's never going to run people through the end of the rink, but he is sticking his nose in. Uh, he is uh, very aggressive on the forecheck, and he's got wonderful, wonderful offensive skills. Um, he's a tremendous skater. There was some thought about having him play center ice during uh, uh, the uh, training camp, and that lasted about a day because he is so good coming off the wing. He mm-hmm. anticipates uh, uh, turnovers in the defensive zone, and he's gone. And, uh, you know, he, he may lead the league in breakaways. I mean, it's that he's that good at it. So uh, I think that that's one of the things that – I think Brad for a living has looked at and said, you know what? You have matured. You have become uh, a real good professional, and you are good at your craft, and you're improving. And I think that's the reason that they were uh, not hesitant uh, midway through this season to go ahead and, and uh, eat that deal. So uh, with him and Matthews here for a long time, uh, Marner would be the next one who would come up. You would think that John Tavares' contract would probably – go down since he's sort of in the the twilight of getting to those years Um, but uh, with Morgan Liley that's a a pretty good nucleus to have under contract for a length of time and who knows I mean they still have to win Um, everybody here it's all regular season doesn't mean anything until they get to the postseason well you got to have a pretty good regular season to get to the postseason in this league. So I think that that's one of the things that's going on
1: here. Tell me about Austin Matthews and watching him up close because, you know, in San Jose for a long time, I got to watch a guy like Joe Pavelski who so instinctively got into the slot and towards the net. And I don't get to see Austin Matthews as much, obviously, but watching him the other night, I just watched how effortlessly he seemingly made his way into the dangerous positions in front of the net and into the slot and did so almost in a slippery fashion where at times it felt like the Sharks' D forgot who was out there on the ice because all of a sudden I'd be sitting there and be like, why are they leaving Austin Matthews alone in the slot? But I mean, that's just his game. I mean, it feels like he's not even trying and then he shows up on the door front with his movement and his skating. He's such an instinctive player. Like, I, I know, I believe... Wholeheartedly at hard work, and I believe that hockey, more than any other sport, probably rewards hard work. But there's something about just the intuitive nature of how Matthews situates himself and where he ends up being. I mean, that's just kind of that thing that you're born with. That's that's the the universe blessing you.
0: Well, you're born with it, but you have to you have to uh, cultivate it too. I think, Ted, and and, and uh, he certainly has done that. I, I think the one thing. That you watch and you marvel at is how good he is with his stick, at stealing pucks, lifting sticks, turn making turnovers, and that's in both ends of the ring. Mm-hmm. And he's also uh, another player that has matured and understands that it's a it's a two hundred foot game. he's He's among the leaders uh, for forwards in blocking shots. Uh, in the defensive zone, um, he is so good at turning pucks over. I mean, he's got 30 goals this year, and he's hit the goalpost 11 times. <laughs> so, I mean, he, he when he does get his opportunities, um, they're on net on, for the for the most part. And um, you know, he's gone. I think 100 and some odd games now, 120 games with at least one shot on goal. Um, he had a streak of 190 games uh, that was broken a year ago or so or a couple of years ago. So, I mean, he, he he gets his chances because of his hard work and because of this ability to, as you mentioned, get into a position where he can get the puck. Um, now, now, Mitch Marner and others know where he is. <laughs> and they know that he can shoot the puck and he can score. So he—he it's—it's not like they're not looking for him, but uh, it's his ability to kind of hide, and then all of a sudden he's there. Um, and and all of the great goal scorers seem to have that ability. And you sit and scratch your head. And, why aren't they watching him a little more closely? And yet, uh, you know, that, that ability to kind of disappear and then reappear, um, it, it's like uh, watching some sort of a magician. I don't know if it's Harry Houdini or
1: who. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about uh, Noah Greger, former San Jose Shark, who, you know, I know that Dan and I always loved him because he always had time for us. Really nice kid. Good interview. And uh, I was sad to see him go, but I was also happy to see him end up in a in a town like Toronto because that's just a, a, such a great place to play and. You know, he's been able, I think, rack up five goals at this point, and I always appreciated his speed, hardworking guy. I'm sure you've gotten to know Noah a little bit now. Noah seems to get to know everybody pretty well. You know, one of the
0: things I think that you really have to like about him is that he arrived on a professional tryout. Yeah. Right? Didn't have a contract, came to training camp, uh, and, and literally uh, worked his way into the lineup. And you got to have a lot of respect for a young man that is willing to do that. And he has fit so well on that fourth line. And there are a lot of nights where you would suggest that, you know what, he could move up and down that lineup up any time he wanted. Uh, his work ethic, his speed is really the, the one thing that you notice a great deal of. And the other thing that he has been a major league part of is changing the dynamic of this group, which in past years was always reactive to body contact and to physical play. This year, this team is more proactive. They're among the, the leaders in hits. And Noah Gregor is a, a big component of that. That fourth line with he and McMahon and sometimes when Ryan Reeds is uh, there with uh, David Camp, um, are, are using the body a lot and, uh, and, and are among the leaders as far as hits are concerned with this team. So the, the media has always said that maybe this team was too soft, too soft for the, for the postseason. And I think a lot of people agreed with that. And last year at the trade deadline, they went about trying to improve that. Uh, now McCabe arrived on the scene. Luke Shen arrived on the scene. Ryan O'Reilly arrived on the scene. Noel Achari. Well, they've lost Shen and uh, O'Reilly and uh, Achari, but the arrival of, of people like um, Noah Gregor has compensated for that, I think, a great deal. And they're a lot more physical. Um, and, and the addition of... Uh, uh, Simon Benoit on the on the back end has also improved that as well. Uh, where this team might have had two or three fights a year. They're among you know right up in the middle of the pack as far as that physical play by reacting or whatever to hits or, or defending a teammate. So it, the dynamic of this team has changed a lot as well. And I think Noah Gregor has has played an integral part in that.
1: Who's the best team you think the Leafs have played up to this point of the season?
0: Oh, boy, that's, that's hard to say. I mean, <laughs> this team has played down to op- opponents on a lot of occasions until this three-game sweep through California. They've struggled against uh, Chicago and Columbus and uh, Ottawa, who are, are down there. Of course, you know, you get the, the Battle of Ontario kind of highlights things and changes that a little bit. But we haven't seen Winnipeg yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, I think the Rangers have probably been the best team that they have faced uh, in the East. Um, and, uh, you know, Vancouver, they're on their way out there uh, in a week or so to play the Canucks. So it's, it's interesting that a lot of the Canadian teams are among the, the, the better teams in the National Hockey League this year. So um, that will be interesting to see how that plays out in the postseason. But I would say the Rangers at this point are probably the best Um, the Bruins are always going to be a nemesis as far as uh, how the Leafs have played, but they've they've had some pretty good games with the Bruins thus far this season, so we'll see how that all plays out as well.
1: And then your thoughts on just the rematch tonight. These two teams just saw each other a few days ago. We know that in sports that when the teams see each other that quickly. There sometimes is a little bit more of a, a temperamental aspect to the game. What are you expecting tonight?
0: God, let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love back-to-back. I, 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 yeah, I mean, if uh, it's uh, a little animal city, as we used yes. to call it, across you know, there. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 would, I, I think that it's interesting. The last time that the Leafs played back-to-back with a team from the Western Conference... Was like 2009 uh, when, <laughs> when they played out in Vancouver and then came back here and and played Vancouver. And of course, you know, a long road trip, Western road trip. They always say the first home game is really a bit of a dud. Well, here at least they're playing the same the same team and it'll be under the same circumstances as far as travel and everything else. But um, uh, let's uh, let's see if there isn't a little more physicality amongst all of this and see if the game can not be that kind of a game. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Fair enough, Joe. Well, I appreciate your time as always, and uh, make sure to give Dan a hard time when you see him later tonight. Have a great call, and we'll talk soon, all right? You bet, buddy. Thank you. Again, that is Joe Bowen, the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, joining us here on the Sharks Audio Network. Again, today's game has an early start time, 3.30 pregame live. Dan Rusinowski and Brett Hedekin. And then 4 o'clock go time right here on the Sharks Audio Network as San Jose takes on the Maple Leafs. And then I will be back with you tomorrow morning on Morning Tide to go everything that we saw in this game against Toronto for a second straight night. And then the Sharks will continue on their road trip. They're going to be at Montreal on Thursday, at Ottawa on Saturday, Monday early start time, 10 a.m. at Buffalo. And then on Tuesday, the 16th, they wrap up this roadie in Chicago, a 530 start time. We are just about out of time for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google and Spotify and on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by
0: Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yen.